crippling thoughts and dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Let's keep it real on Mystical Mode. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? You sound a little fuzzy for a sec. Hold on. I want to make sure I got through. Okay, I think you're good. Is this better? Oh, that's that's better. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast, and I would like you to introduce yourself to all the wonderful listeners listening out today. Hello, my name is Gabriel Garcia. I also go by Gabe. I have been writing on Inkit for now two years. And when I'm not writing, I'm reading a lot of books and playing a lot of video games, which also helps with my writing process. I can definitely tell that. Oh, one question, though. Before we get into the interview questions, I know that you wrote about the Assassin's Creed, which is a video game, but I'm kind of confused because is the Assassin's Creed just a video game or is it an actual movie? I've seen so many small clips of it. I just don't know which is which. Uh, it started off as a video game and then it branched off into books to expand the story and then it was adapted into its own original movie. Hmm. Okay, little interesting fact on me. But <laughs> sorry for the weird question. No problem. Okay, starting off with my first question, I want to ask you, what inspired you to start writing? I guess what inspired me to start writing was, at a young age, I loved to read stories. I was always in the library in elementary school, reading during lunch. And as I grew up, one author really stuck with me that later developed my own writing style. And that was Bernard Cornwell. And he was an historical fiction writer and I just fell in love with his work. And then Another author who helped with my writing process was Brian Jacques. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's the author who's made the Red Wolf series. Think of Game of Thrones, but for children. Oh, okay. So does it like take away from like the action since it's like more for children or is it just like same plot, just cleaner and more PG appropriate? Sometimes he does not hold back of what happened to the characters, be they heroes or villains. He's not graphic, but he doesn't shy away from the deaths of these characters. Okay. Okay. That's cool. So you got your inspiration from other authors that you read over the years? Yes, that is correct. That's awesome. And how long have you been writing? Well, now I've been writing probably since 2018, now as a uh, part-time thing, but I actually started the idea of writing stories when I was back in high school. My 
first attempt of writing a story was um, probably the end of my senior year. And that was my own pirate story I tried to write called The Caldwell Chronicles. And while I didn't finish it, I kept it as a reminder to show my growth over the years. Hmm. Do you cringe when you look back at the stories you've written in high school versus the stories that you have now? A little bit. I do cringe a little bit. Um, When I was reading the Caldwell Chronicles, uh, I'd say maybe a few months ago, I was reading it and I was thinking, oh my gosh, why did I write that? And (laughs) I could have written that so much better. And I know some authors, they don't like looking back at their old work because some may think it as a negative thing. But I also want to say that it's actually a positive thing because you can see for yourself, oh, I've grown as an author. I've not made the same mistakes and my vocabulary has expanded when writing. I think that's a good way to think about it. I per- I'm i kind of one of those writers who don't usually think... I do my best not to think about the stuff that i written when I was younger. That stuff would make me cry. It would make my now self cry. To look oh, no. Terrible grammar there is in there. <laughs> oh. oh, it still makes me tear up to this day. I was just thinking, you really wrote that sentence. And you actually thought it was cool. Wow. Okay, go off. <laughs> But my other question for you is, how do you develop your plot and characters within your stories? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, Definitely for me, it's definitely research. And my research usually consists of the books I read, the movies I watch, and the games I play. And from there, I try to pick up themes that I really like. And Mm -hmm. then I begin with the plot because the plot's the most important thing. If you don't have the plot, you can't write any characters. Hmm. Then that really knocks out the um, um, next question. What comes first, the plot or the characters? Well, glad you already got that question out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) My next question for you is what are the key... Well... What, in your opinion, is the most important elements of good writing, whether it be plot, characters, description, setting placement, um, making the characters seem like alive, like making them seem like actual people? Like, what do you think is like the most fundamental parts, just in your opinion? I think for me, in my opinion, it's definitely the idea. If you have an idea and it makes you smile and you like it, then you should expand on that. If you look at the idea and it doesn't do anything for you, then there's no point in um, continuing it. And you may think, oh, but I really like this idea. And you're right and you're right. But then you reach a point where, oh, my gosh, I'm not liking where this is going. And you just spend so much time on it. That's why I think the idea is the first thing. If the idea makes you happy and you really enjoy it, then pursue it. Don't just write something to write. Write something that's going to make you feel good and that you know is going to 
really wow people. Hmm. That's true. What if um you come across an idea that you like that you can write all day and night about? Like you can make like a whole trilogy to this, but yet others don't like it. That is a very good question. And I remember one of my friends asked me that when I was um, writing and they said, oh, you're pretty much just writing a Lord of the Rings knockoff or Underworld knockoff. And it's like, no, no, it's something completely different. And then you have to pitch to them that it's completely something different. And I think that's what a lot of authors find themselves is that they find themselves taking ideas from other things because I don't know if you know this, but writers are liars, cheaters, and thieves because they always take from someone else and just do their own thing. May not the entire story, but just the plot and they try to make it their own. But then they come up with those people that say, I don't get it. Mm. I definitely understand that. And I like the way you described, um, our, our the writing system like of course most would agree and detest saying no this is my idea i didn't steal it from anybody but at the end of the day i wouldn't mm, i wouldn't necessarily call it stealing but i wouldn't necessarily call it not stealing it's more of getting inspiration from what surrounds you you're taking bits and pieces all of the other authors that i've interviewed and talked with personally have kind of said the same thing around what you're saying you're the only one to describe it as being a thief, which I find very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm sorry, I just, I don't know. Usually when people talk about it, it's like, I get inf- inspiration from my mother, or I get inspiration from my family, get inspiration from stories, folklore, mythologies, professors, people that surround me. But it makes me curious, because you're the first person ever in my, in my experience to come forth and say that writers are thieves. Now, I'm not offended by that, not in the slightest. I'm completely biased towards that statement, but it just makes me so curious. Where did you get the thought process to to literally label writers as thieves, if that's what you're doing? Um, In truth, I was actually at um, a panel where I had a writing conference and a writer, an indie writer, was answering a question And they said the exact same thing that I said, that writers are liars, cheaters, and thieves. And she broke it down. Liars because we make stuff up that's not true. Mm. Cheaters because we cheat people out of time. And thieves because we steal from somebody else and make it our own. Oh, wow. I never thought about writing like that. But whoever told the lady who told you this or the conference that you went to where they explained this, they're absolutely right. (laughs) It really (laughs) makes you think. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Exactly. Like, wow. I'm (laughs) wow. Usually people describe even poets as they're poetic, they're kind, they're mysterious. They have a different way of thinking. Edgar Allan Poe being an example of one of those people. They find his work mysterious, alluring, even though he was a little bit of an insane who tried to marry his cousin but still never and the way you described it I feel like Edgar Allan Poe really describes more of what you're thinking what, what you just said it really I'm gonna definitely bring this to one of my conferences that I might have later on this week next week actually but 
that's really interesting. Nice. Um, next question is, how do you handle literary criticism? Um, that's also another good question. Um, I've actually been fortunate to receive a lot of good feedback. And I know writers, you myself, we're very nervous about receiving criticism because we think it's um, like very harsh criticism. And that sometimes can happen. Mm -hmm. We do come across that. But I think if you just look at what the person's trying to say, like even I myself still get um, critiques on grammatical errors, past tense and present tense merging to one as opposed to just sticking to either tense. And I always um, am open-minded to the criticism, but I will say if the person is just saying these things that don't make sense and they're trying to get something out of me, like to get mad, then I just try not to get into that kind of criticism. Yeah. I feel like all criticism is constructive to the point where you're just trying to be hateful about it. You know, like that one person who doesn't agree what's going along with your plot and they just have to butt in. And then it gets, the, I don't know if you've been through this, but it got to the point where she would come on it or she, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a she. Because it was a rom- it was kind of a romance, archetype stuff, whatever like that. And literally every single chapter she would just post up with like, the character's not together. The character's not together. The character's not together. It's just stupid. There's no point of having this. You shouldn't even have this chapter out. What are you even doing at this point? Like, literally every single comment past, like, like chapter 10. And there's, like, 20-so chapters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She really went out of her day to really to really do that. <laughs> the, the literal audacity of human beings sometimes never ceases to amaze me. But And then she reviewed it. She reviewed my story, and then she just, like, went down on me and just said, like, why isn't this a romantic story? Why can't the characters just be together already? We already know their backstory. Just went off, off. And I just calmly apologized to her that the story wasn't the way she wanted it to be. She continued to scream, went all through my wall. It was it was just a mess. But I'm happy to see that you take constructive criticism in a new light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to be positive sometimes, especially with those Karens out there, I swear to you. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, what my next question for you is, where do you get your inspiration from? I know you said from other authors and stories and video games and such like that, but where does the bulk of it come through? The bulk of it comes through definitely from books and definitely from um, movies. I have in my own personal room like a library of different films categorized from asian action films asian drama historical pieces action adventure comedy fantasy it's ridiculous and when i think of an idea that just pops into my head randomly i'm thinking oh wait a minute that just reminds me of case in point the gathering magnificent seven a group of strangers all coming together and going on this quest to destroy an object, just like Lord of the Rings. And I pull these different elements together and I just place them down in front of me and I'm thinking, what can I do? What can I make with all this creative insight? Hmm. Hmm. 
I heard um Asian drama, and the first thing that came through my mind was anime. So you an anime fan? I used to be an anime fan in high school, and I kind of uh, moved away from anime, and Aww. now into. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Continue on. I'm sorry. It's just when people, um, I don't know, when people stray away from it, I'm just like, oh, no, don't. Like, I know those old ones were trash, but you can come back. Just just come back. I promise you, like, a lot better. But continue on what you were saying. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, for Asian dramas, um, I have a lot of Chinese war films from Red Cliff, Dragon Blade, Shaolin, Three Kingdoms, Warriors of the Rainbow, and I love history. That's another big element that um, impacts my writing is I love to take some elements from history and incorporate it into my writing because it makes sense to me and I will just show my love for history however I can. Either it's like a group of people based off of the Mongols, the Persians, the Franks, or like a Colosseum mirrored after the Roman Colosseum. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. My next question for you is, what is your favorite character? It doesn't matter the story, whether it be The Gathering or any of the other novels you have in Ink It. So who is your favorite character and what makes them so special? Oh, okay. I was thinking about this. Right now... And this character's on Ink It. It has to be Michael from Michael, The Last Angel of Earth. And what I think make Michael so special is, have you played the first Darksiders video game? I am not a big um, video game fan. I definitely know I'm behind because I'm still playing Halo 3. So... (laughs) (laughs) But no. Okay, well... The reason why I bring up Darksiders is because in Darksiders, it's a post-apocalyptic world where the form of the Four Horsemen's War accidentally causes the apocalypse and brings about the end of humanity. Michael is, in in his own way, my own take on that idea of just this figure who, and this is Archangel Michael, just to clarify, who causes the end of all humanity because he wants to stop um, the army of darkness from consuming all of the world. And what makes him so interesting is that we have this idea of like these angels, they're, they're mighty, they're powerful, they're all-knowing, they're pure. What happens when you strip all that away from them? What happens if you take the perfection away from an angelic figure like Archangel Michael and you make him grounded? What does he become? And that is why Michael is my favorite character. Hmm. So what do you get when you take an angelic being and strip them away of their holy grace? Just I'm just asking because I have not read the story and I'm generally curious. Um, stripping them away? It's it, very delicate because this is a figure in religion, so I do want to be respectful Mm-hmm. to the character but i also want to have some creative liberties so for me stripping away his perfection his honor the first thing i think of is the wings the wings are the symbol the first thing we think of angels are the wings and the halo 
what happens if you strip the wings from an angel? What do they become? They just become a person. They become a regular human being. Well, not a human being, but just an angel. Almost like um, the movie with Paul Bettany, where he played a fallen angel trying to save this woman's child who was supposed to save all of humanity. Oh, yeah. I know exactly the movie you're talking about. That was, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, just like that. What happens when you strip an angel from his wings? What do they become? They become a very grounded, conflicted, damaged person. Hmm. That definitely makes sense. If anything, taking away um, an angel's wings or their holiness kind of makes them more human. And humans are flawed in so many different ways. So, that's, I like that topic. I like that topic, and I like the theme that you established with that. That's really cool. (laughs) My next question for you is, can you give some insight into what what makes your favorite character tick? Now, you can use Michael again, or you can use um, a character from The Gathering. It really doesn't matter, but what makes one of your favorite and more intricate, intricate or confusing characters like tick? Like, what goes on through their mind to make them do the things that they do? Um, I would definitely have to go back to Michael because um, after, you know, stripping away from his angelic nature, he's a very solitude human being. He's almost like, in a way, Logan from Hugh Jackman's last performance as Wolverine, mm-hmm. where he's very distant he doesn't want to be with um, a lot of people. He'll be with those that are close, who he's allowed himself to be close with. And he's, he doesn't want people to know who he is because he still has that shame in his head. And in a way, I don't know, are you a Samurai Jack fan? I've heard of Samurai Jack on Adult Swim, right? Yes. I have heard of it. I've seen a couple of episodes about it. Looked really sad though, so I stopped watching it. <laughs> well, that's another um, inspiration from Michael. Even though Michael was written a little bit after that season, but you have this figure who, in the beginning, he was a righteous warrior, but something happened, and now he's a very solitary individual. He has dark thoughts in his head. And he'll do anything to stay alive. But when it comes to protecting the ones he cares about, he's conflicted of, does he show the people that he's with who he really is? Or does he just run away? Hmm. Hmm. That's very interesting. Thank you. That's very interesting. I like the characters you establish with your stories. They're very, very interesting. One of my final questions for you, well, second to last question for you, is can you share something readers would not know about you? Something that readers do not know about me. Um, that's actually a good question. Um, I definitely want to say the one thing that comes to my mind is that I can speak a little bit of Chinese. I actually studied abroad during my... Uh, undergrad studies um, back in college and I was there for a semester and 
Oh my goodness. I have a lot of stories to tell. One story that comes to mind is when we went on a trip in the mountains and the tour guide told us, here are these bamboo sticks. You're going to need them. And we thought they're going to be for hiking sticks. As we walked through the mountain, we learned those sticks are not just for walking. They're for protection because all around the mountain are these giant macaques and they will mug you. They will jump on you and try to steal your stuff, which happened to a friend of mine who went to China, (laughs) the same place last semester. And she said, we ran, we booked it. We don't (laughs) care. Are you, are they like little, are you talking about like little cats or like little monkeys? Well, they're, think of the, the Japanese macaques that are in like those hot springs in Japan, but a little bit bigger. Oh my God. You're kidding. They mug you? They will jump on you. If they see something on you, they will jump on you and steal it. That's why the tour guide told us keep everything inside. Do not show that you have something because they will jump you. And as my friend said, there was her group and another group. The group in front of them got mugged by these oh my God. Chimp, by these macaques and they just left. And then they heard rustling with them. It's like, nope. Boom. <laughs> ran to the tour bus. Wow. That's a very fascinating story. I never, I didn't know those things could mug you. I never knew it. Like, I usually know, like, the ones, uh, I'm terrible with geography, so I might offend a lot of people by saying this if I didn't get it correctly. But in India, I think, they have, like, a bunch of, like, monkeys and, like, tiny little chimp- chimpanzees, little Tanima Jobbers, just running around, and they mug people all the time. So I was just comparing the two. Oh, wow. Hopefully you were not robbed. No, thank goodness. And then when we were leaving, our tour guide said, Oh, the bus is going to be leaving. So here we are on the side of a cliff. We have to go down a rinky-dink stairwell on the side of a mountain, run across a rinky-dink bridge made out of sheet metal with a river flowing underneath us, walk through an abandoned house that has a chicken, a dog, whatever the heck it is, and avoid mm. other cars. Oh, wow. That's, that, no. You, you had me at the rinky-dink, like, staircase. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, 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 no. I love hiking. I love being outdoors. But if that thing looks like it's about to kill me, uh... <laughs> is there like a shortcut? <laughs> Ouch. That, that's a very interesting story. But my last question for you today is what do you consider to be a hero? Now, it can be a hero that you idolize in your stories, a person in real life, or maybe even an anime character. I personally know that I worship Bakugo with a deep passion. But aside from that, who do you consider as a hero? Who do I consider as uh, a hero? And I have two answers to this. So I'm definitely going to say both. So definitely for me, first one comes to mind is my grandfather. He... I played a big role in my life. He showed me a lot of things. He actually got me into some old comedy. And he was just very kind nature, very loving. He always knew how to make people laugh. He he was just the best. And for me, a hero 
is just someone that can just bring everybody together in like the worst times and just try to find the positive, which leads into my second one. One of my characters in The Gathering is <clears throat> entitled um, Amnitas. Amnitas is a Spartan from the Battle of Plataea um, after the 300. And he's a young character. And he's very headstrong. And he he's the youngest out of all the characters in The Gathering. And when he sees everything that's happening, he knows he just can't stand by and just do nothing. So that's also another thing for a hero, like who is a hero or what is a hero? Just someone who stands up for those, even when they think things are bleak and bring everyone together to work together for a common cause, either in the gathering, if it's freedom from tyranny or working to solve a problem or just coming together for one particular moment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's nice. Thank like you. That's very nice. Well, that's all the questions that I will be asking for today. Thank you so much for joining us on Mystical Mode today. Is there any other things, sayings, catchphrases, or any other hopes of inspiration you would like to give any other authors or to the fans listening out today? Of course. Um, I just want to say to all the young writers and authors who are out there and they're writing, there is a quote that I live by, and I think all writers should live by this. Write drunk and edit sober. And what I mean is just pour your ideas out there. Don't worry about grammatical errors, sentence structures. Just get your ideas on a paper because you cannot critique or edit a blank paper. There has to be something on there. And then once your ideas are there, let them marinate, let them marry, let the creative juices rest. And then when you want to edit, when you want to structuralize, when you want to get an idea of beginning, middle, and end, then you edit sober. You edit with a clear mind. So that is my advice to all the uh, young writers out there who want to get their ideas down on paper. I adore that quote. That's, I, when you said it, I was just like, damn, that's so true. That's so true because you can only let your, you can only let those pieces flow when you're in an absolute state of, 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 I, I can't even explain it. That's just such a good quote. Now, we're not telling you guys all to get drunk tonight. That's not. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Even though some authors, we cannot deny that some authors like Alice in Wonderland, he wrote the story when he was high. But don't do that. Do not do not do that. Just, <laughs> exactly. just get your ideas down on paper and don't try to edit. Just let it all out and exactly. then come back to it in a few days. Yeah, def- definitely good words right there. I- I'm happy we cleared that up before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for joining us today and so much more. 
your actual book review will actually be finished within like the next 30 minutes or so. So as soon as this episode is posted, your book review will also be posted as well. I cannot wait. And I know I have a lot of family and friends who are very eager to know that I was on here. So I can't wait for them to hear this podcast. Okay, great. I will definitely send you a link to it once um, everything like loads up. Like it takes a while for it to process and like go through. No but, problem. But thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. You as well. And hopefully we can talk again soon. Definitely. All right. Bye. Hey guys, Mystic here. Help support the podcast with monthly donations. Reviewing novels is a highlight of my life, and I adore all of your novels and comments. Help us keep the podcast alive and to help pay our wonderful team of editors and voice actors. Till next time, catch you guys later.